You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Tuesday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to ahead on today's edition of Locked On Utes. Brian, of course, it is Groundhog Day, but that does not mean we're going to repeat a show. We are going to have plenty to talk about today. Where are we going? Punxsutawney. Punxsutawney, yes. Punxsutawney Phil. Me and Phil are going to climb out of our holes and see if we can see our shadows or not. I, I, I know he might be able to miss his. I can't miss mine. That's for sure. Me neither. I, I, I can assure you of that. No, I think we got an exciting show to talk about today. Some good Utah news coming down the pipeline, especially regarding a lesser known part of the football program, but more probably one of the more important people involved with a it. A keystone part of this program. Look at that. That's professionalism at its finest right there. <laughs> uh, some awards, some hardware handed out to some Utes, current Utes for, for some weekly accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about an article from the uh, Blockcast official statistician in Bill Conley, a.k.a. ESPN Bill C. He does a great job. So there's plenty to get to ahead on today's show. We'll touch on all of that. It's all brought to you today by our good friends at Rock Auto as well as BetOnline.ag. We'll tell you a little bit more about both of those companies later on in the show as well. So there you go. The roadmap of where we're going here on a Tuesday edition. Without further ado, let's get into it here. This is the Locked on Utes podcast for February 2nd, 2021. Welcome into Locked On Utes. We are your daily podcast, only daily podcast focused on all things Utah. I'm Jay Catch. That is Brian Brown. We both work for the Zone Sports Network, and we are your co-host tandem talking Utah every single day as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Brian, let's get going here today. And do a lot of people know the name Jeff Rudy, even if they don't know necessarily what he does? They might know a Jeff or a Rudy fair, but they probably don't know that the combination of the two creates a superhuman force above and beyond the abilities of any mortal man, AKA the director of football operations. I should say former director Mm -hmm. of football operations at the university of Utah, AKA the keeper of the book that gets talked about on every single broadcast. The king of the visor, in case you didn't know, one of my favorite people involved with the program at the University of Utah. But some big news for Jeff today. Yeah, so Jeff Rudy, he has been the last 15 years serving as the director of football operations for Kyle Whittingham and the University of Utah football program. But yesterday, Utah Athletics announced they promoted Jeff Rudy to associate athletics director for football administration. Uh, Based on what I understand of the promotion he's getting, I don't think it changes much of his day-to-day life, essentially. Am I wrong in that, Brian? No, not at all. I I think it's a promotion mostly in title. I think it'll give him a little bit more authority. I think for most people, they hear director of football operations and think, okay, what exactly does that entail? And really what it is is every single thing that has to do with a football program that happens off the field, right? Yeah. So travel booking, organization, transportation, all that kind of stuff, making sure facilities are in line, anything that you could possibly think of that comes down to the organizational aspect of the football team. 
that's what he's either managing or having a hand in or dictating to others. His job is to make Kyle Whittingham's job essentially all about football. And I, I, I know people who know Kyle well who say that Jeff Rudy is quite possibly the most valuable person that Kyle Whittingham has on his staff in many ways because Jeff handles so much of the off-the-field stuff that Kyle either doesn't have interest in, doesn't have time for, or simply just doesn't want to, just can't get to, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Jeff handles it all. That is yeah. his job. Kyle has a lot of on-field duties and on-field responsibilities, right? He, mm-hmm. He's leading and guiding his staff. He's handling a team of 125 young men who, are, who he's trying to both nurture and grow off the field and make tremendously powerful, athletic, intensive, in, 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 impressive, uh, whatever if you want to add to the end of a word yeah. type football players on the field. And so what Jeff Rudy essentially becomes is is the go-between to run everything else on the side. He's also usually the first point of contact anytime a player needs to talk about something or has an issue or something like that. So his job is, I don't want to say not envious, but it's a lot of responsibility. And for someone to be in that role for as long as Jeff has, this was a much-deserved title and, and a much-deserved promotion you know it, it may give him a little bit more authority in terms of what he can dictate for the football program but I think more than anything it's recognition for a job well done yeah I think that's absolutely the case and the funny thing is he's actually been a key part of the construction of Spence and Cleon Eccles football center the football facility he's actually been helping out with the Kengar performance zone the south end zone uh, development going on at Rice Eccles Stadium so this guy wears so many different hats but I can't overstate how critical of a role he has with this program and you're right Brian he's been around for a long time he's become essentially an extension of Kyle Whittingham himself in many ways and he just handles so many different things but does everything with a masterful stroke and does a great job with it he does he's a great individual he's a great human being but he's also somebody that you don't ever want to cross and for that very reason that you mentioned because he has so much experience I mean Picture for a minute going from Mountain West, Utah, mm-hmm. to where Utah is at now, and the transformation of your job duties and responsibilities in that role. It's insane to think about, and he's done it almost flawlessly. Yep, he has. He, he's been a great uh, great individual, great member of this program. Let's talk for one minute before we move on to other topics here about the book, Brian. Many people probably have heard about the book, and what the book is is essentially every analytical breakdown of a given down and distance, position on the field, all the different metrics that say, okay, if you were to go for it here, this is your chance of getting a first down. A lot of times it's the fourth down stuff is when you hear about it most of all because Jeff normally can be seen over either the right or left shoulder of Kyle Whittingham holding a white binder, and every so often Kyle will turn around, talk to Jeff, say, hey, give me the numbers. Jeff opens the book, gives him the numbers, and then Kyle makes his decision with regards to the analytics. It is actually a funny bit that has become actually a very important part of the game day operations for Utah football. Jake? I can tell you this in confidence because it's just you and me yeah, right just, now. Yeah, absolutely. I got to hold the book once. Hold on, what? I know. I wasn't allowed to look inside. I wasn't allowed to go through it, but uh-huh. I got to actually hold the book. So you um, held, like, essentially the book of secrets. Yes, this is like uh, the Marauder's Map for college football. Sure. I don't know whatever you want to call it. You know, whatever valuable treasure you you <laughs> hold most 
most closely to your your personage that that's kind of what this is like but you talk about how valuable it's become and utah has used it so effectively it's it's part of the transformation of kyle whittingham in his his coaching career because i think early on he was not the guy that would go for it on fourth down he was not the guy who would go for it on the 30 yard line instead of kicking a field goal but they've he's always been analytically oriented and, and data driven in his, his choices. And over the years they built it out to where by the time a decision is made, the book's already been opened, reviewed, everything like that. And they've just continued to add on it, add it to it from year to year. You'll always see him on the sideline with it. I've tried to lobby to get my picture on the book before <laughs> we're still in negotiations for that one. Um, okay. But it, it's, I think it's one of those fun myths you know, it, it, the book exists, right? Mm-hmm. But but it's it's a notebook. It, it is little more than you know anything that you have, like a three ring binder at your office. But it, like we said, it, it does contain a lot of the details that Kyle Whittingham is so concerned about, and that's part of what's made his program so good over the years. Yeah. So let me reiterate: we congratulate Jeff Rudy on a job well done. It's a well deserved promotion, and looking forward to many, many more years of him serving as that right-hand man for Kyle Whittingham, handling all the other stuff off the field and continuing to hold that uh, critical role that he holds for the Utah football program. Brian, uh, a lot of the congratulations are going to roll on here throughout the podcast today because we do need to talk about Alfonso Plummer. He picked up a big-time award as the Pac-12 Player of the Week for his heroics in the win over Colorado. We'll touch on that here in a moment, but before we do that, let's talk about vehicles. Let's talk about our good friends at rockauto.com. Jake, I don't know if you knew this. I, I have a friend or two, and I have a particular friend who we were talking the other day, and he mentioned, oh, man, I you know, said, what are you up to this weekend? He said, oh, man, I got to change out my spark plugs. Okay. And I said, oh, really? Well, where'd you go for your spark plugs? And he goes, well, I haven't bought them yet. And this was, you know, about the middle of the week. And I said, well, what are you waiting on? He said, well, I'm trying to decide between this really expensive pair and this less expensive pair. Sure. I said, well, you're getting them from Rock Auto, right? And he goes, what? <laughs> and I said, rockauto.com. And guess what, Jake? He goes to rockauto.com. He finds the more expensive pair for just as cheap as the cheaper pair. Boom. There you go. Score. That's what Rock Auto is all about, man. They, they want to make fixing your car, your truck, your SUV, whatever your vehicle is, as simple and as inexpensive as possible. And the best part about the whole deal, Brian, talking about your buddy there, when he orders those spark plugs, they come directly to his door. No having to go to a chain store to pick it up or go to a dealership to pick up that part. It comes directly to your door. It is simple, it's easy, and we cannot recommend them enough. He was so fired up about it. He sent me a text saying, I'm already getting three miles per gallon better. It's already paying massive dividends for him. So don't wait around on that kind of stuff. Yeah. The easy maintenance for your car, it's fun. There's YouTube. You can find, figure out just about everything you need to. And it gives you a sense of pride. It, it bonds you with that vehicle so it becomes a part of you. Yeah, the best part about rockauto.com is all the prices are reliably low. They're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So check them out now at rockauto.com to see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Make sure while you're there to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that way they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV could ever need. That's our good friends at rockauto.com. 
Guys, Brian and I cover everything you need to know about the youth, but what about the rest of the sports world? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It is hosted by Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. Brian, I don't know how many opportunities you've had to hear Locked On Today. I have listened to it since they launched it, what, we're two weeks into it now, maybe even less than that. I have enjoyed it every single morning driving into my radio job. It is a fantastic, fantastic podcast. You and I are the same way. We have to get our information quick, and there's no better way to get a pulse of what's happening mm-hmm. in the sports world than tuning into Locked On Today. There are not a lot of daily podcasts that really go deep into the stories that happened right before or what's happening in the future uh, that day, but Locked On Today does a fabulous job of it. So it's worth a subscription it's part of the Locked On Network, and, and you know what kind of content you're getting when you go go with us. Yeah, and it's real simple. You can find it at the same place you find our podcast. So just make sure you subscribe to it, listen to it, and you'll be you'll be up to date on everything you need to know about the sports universe every single morning. All right, let's talk about another uh, plotted, another award handed out yesterday, and that is that Alfonso Plummer, star Utah, what are we calling him? Are we calling him uh, the Human Torch? Are we, is that what we're going to go with his nickname? Yeah, until I can come up with something better. I, yeah. I, I I can't think of anything else more fitting. Yeah, so Alfonso Plummer, Pac-12 Player of the Week, obviously scoring his 21 of his 23 points in the final eight minutes to lead Utah to that win over Colorado. I think this is a well-deserved honor, and congratulations, first off, to Alfonso. Absolutely. This is a kid that's really stuck with it and has had a arduous journey with the University of Utah, let's say, from starting out basically riding the pine to having an explosive game against Oregon State where he sent Pac-12 records. He clearly has that ability to go in fuego, so maybe he's the human fuego. I don't know. Come at us with your nicknames, whatever Torch is, you know, in Espanol, we can work that into it. Um, but Plummer is an essential part of this basketball team. How about Al Fuego? Oh! <laughs> I'm in. Al Fuego Plumber. There we go. We got it. Uh, Off the cuff, Jake Hatch. You can't put him up on the ropes because he's going to pin you. (laughs) Hey, he had one of the more marvelous outings that we have seen. And the funny thing was, and I heard this on DJ and PK yesterday, and I agree with this. PK made the point that everything about Alfonso Plumber we have talked about, about him to to up to the Colorado game was about that Oregon state performance. Now he has yet another legendary performance. I think people can refer back to. And as such, he gets a PAC 12 player of the week award and everything about it is deserved. He's an emotional kid. And and this has been an emotional journey for him. But Mm -hmm. I think what this game really reinforces is that he does need to stick with it and stay focused. He is, in my opinion, the most critical piece to Utah's offensive success. And, I know that comes with, well, what about Timmy Allen? And what about Ryland Jones? And and what about Brandon Carlson? Fonzo is the one guy on the floor who can do everything for the University of Utah on offense. He's got the passing skills. He can take it off the dribble. He is an electric shooter when he gets the ball and gets in rhythm. And it's just a matter of, you know, I, I rewatched the last eight to 10 minutes of the mm-hmm. game. And when his teammates get him involved and get him lighting up the court the way he was against Colorado, it just completely changes the makeup of this team. He's the emotional center and the emotional core of this squad. And while I do firmly believe that this team goes how Timmy Allen goes for the most part, 
Timmy's job is to get Fonzo on fire. So Al Fuego is out on the court every single game. Yeah. So funny enough, I, I completely agree with you on that. We have seen Timmy Allen have fantastic showings this season, but they've lost games that he has gone off in. I am with you. When you see Al Fuego, I'm sticking with this. We're going with Al Fuego. When you see him go off, very few teams can contain him. And as such, he is leading Utah to big wins. I, I think that Colorado win, correct me if I'm wrong here, I know the Stanford win was big at the time. I would say the Colorado win is the biggest win of the season for the Utes so far. Yeah, without a doubt. It's it's the most talented team that they've beaten. It was on the road. It was coming off of a bad loss at, at Washington. I, I don't want to say a bad loss, an unexpected loss, right? Sure. Washington swept that weekend, and it yeah. was against Colorado and Utah. So that's credit to Washington, mm-hmm. who is a, an up-and-down team. When they're on fire, I don't think many teams can beat them. <laughs> that's the problem, though, is they, they just don't know how to go al fuego yet. They, so. they, they, they turn off off far too often exactly that's that's not a good thing but I think what what we really saw from him was the kind of engagement that Utah has wanted all the time and it led to the biggest win of the year without a doubt this is a program that as we've talked about people have tried to continually bury and they've somehow found a way to rise back up and give us all hope for better or worse you know because I've heard that it's the hope that kills you sure yeah But I also think that it's, you know, the rebellion that Utah is starting right now is built upon the hope of this team maturing and growing and and developing even further so that when Fonzo does leave the program, so when some of these other guys do depart, the program can continue to grow and explode. So here's the thing I'm hopeful of as we kind of stare down the final month of the regular season here is you start to see Alfonso have a more consistent presence and a more consistent uh, uh, scoring output. Uh, Obviously, yeah, 21 points in the final eight minutes of a college hoops game is absolutely phenomenal. Wouldn't it be great to see him put up that 23 or 25 points throughout a game and not have to have it be a furious comeback for Utah as they start to rattle off some wins here in the final months of the season. I would totally be on board with seeing that, but maybe that's too much to ask at this juncture, Brian. But as we talked about on yesterday's podcast, the hope is here that that Colorado win can engender some confidence for this Utah basketball program and get them hopefully on a little bit of a roll here where they can finish out the final months of the season in a very positive fashion. And as you mentioned yesterday, go into the PAC 12 tournament with some momentum. Jake, if I were to ask you what the storyline of the first half of the season for Utah was, what would be your immediate answer? Second half struggles, right? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yacking up halftime leads. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like absolute collapses. And what we've seen the last few weeks is Utah's actually fought through that and been, Mm -hmm. in this last instance, been better in the second half than they were in the first. And so I think that's that's evidence. It's proof of concept that things are evolving with this team. And I have belabored this point ad nauseum. I I wish we could have seen this team with that original schedule, not having to deal with the issues of COVID because I think this team going to battle of Atlantis playing against those more difficult teams, being able to gel together more would have really helped it because as you're watching them now, they're playing with cohesion. Brandon Carlson's engaged. Mm -hmm. Timmy Allen's really found his leadership role. Riley Batten has emerged. And of course we have Fonzo going al fuego as he has, um, I don't know if I can use that enough on this podcast. That's how much I love it. But I, I, I'm a blind squirrel. I, I, I find a nut every now and then. So hide that nut away, man, and I will show it to the world. <laughs> but I, I think that's 
you know, just to wrap this whole thing up, I, we so often we want to predict what's coming down the road, right? Sure. And, and say, this is what's going to happen. This is what the expectation is. What Utah has done and what Alfonso has done is made me, me say, I wonder what the ceiling on this team is. I wonder what they can do in the second half. I wonder how good they really are. And I think what that does is it opens my eyes to what the possibilities are. It, it makes me more engaged as an analyst. And I think it does bring, I don't want to say excitement, but intrigue to a team that, you know, this program has such a looming shadow from the Rick Majerus era. Mm-hmm. But I think finally there is some intrigue that's that's worth investing in in this team and it hasn't been that way for a little bit and that that right there Brian I think that is the key to all of this is you hope that they continue to grow they continue to learn they battle through the different lessons that they've kind of been thrown their way this year it's not been a, a fun season all of the different things they had to deal with with COVID and all that I get it's not been fun but the hope is is they continue to move forward here they continue to learn they continue to grow and yes guys like Al Fuego they go out there and show the world what they're made of in a more consistent fashion down the stretch run of the season and of course we'll have it covered for you guys as we go along every single day talking about the Utes here all right Brian we will wrap things up with some other news and notes involving the Utes here in just a moment but we do need to take a minute today and talk about betonline.ag if you guys want to get in on the sports betting world and many of you probably have got a cursory interest hearing about it whether it's mentioned on your favorite sports programs recently or you're seeing people talk about it in your day-to-day life at the water cooler no matter what it is if you want to get in on that action do it with our friends at bet online it's really exciting for me to get into this world i was texting with a friend the other day uh and he was asking you know like how's it going with the bet online thing and i'm like you know what like i'm learning i'm learning sure there's some fun adventures but i'm I'm learning about parlays i'm I'm checking (laughs) scores to games that i really don't even care about you and I got really excited about the FSU Boston college line earlier today, only to be disappointed because the game was canceled. But this friend, we'll call it Dallas, you know, call this friend Dallas. Dallas threw me a dime today, said it's going to be Boston. Yeah. He goes Celtics at minus three. And that's, what's kind of cool about it is otherwise I wouldn't care about that game. I hate the Celtics, right? Sure. Yeah. Jazz fan for life. I have no reason to show interest, but now I'm curious about it. Right. Yeah. And and that, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you're a big-time sports fan, what better way to get more sports in your life than than going and adding a little Skittle to your action? And that's the thing about it is you get to have fun with it because you can obviously, yeah, add Skittles to your collection, as Brian likes to use that term, but do it with our friends at betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account now, and while you're there, when you make your first deposit, put in the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Yes, free money to bet with, courtesy of our friends at BetOnline. Take advantage of this offer now, folks. Get to betonline.ag. Take advantage of that promo code LOCKEDON for that 50% welcome bonus once again. It's all courtesy of BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. Brian, as we go out the door here on a Tuesday edition of the podcast, let's talk a little bit more about Utah football. You saw some interesting stats and some interesting lists that came out on Twitter yesterday. I did see one of them, and that is, of course, Bill Connolly, formerly of SB Nation, now of ESPN, one of the foremost authorities when it comes to deep statistical analysis with regards to college football. His SP Plus rankings are like the Bible to me in terms of trying to gauge how things go for a college football program well 
he really thinks highly of what Utah's got coming back this fall. Yeah, rest in peace, podcast. They ain't played nobody. Yeah, and and the birth birthplace of Bill C. Um, more or less over there at SB Nation, but he has it on a platform that he richly deserves because, like you said, SB Plus is something that I used to cringe whenever I heard people <laughs> talk about and have since converted. I have seen the truth, and the truth is SB Plus uh, simply because his ratings are accurate. He's he's been consistently projecting and, and evolving as teams evolve throughout the season. You know, we saw BYU shoot up SP plus as they started out the season in 2020, even behind Utah and finished respectively. I believe they finished in the top 10, correct? I believe Close you are correct. It. Yeah. I think it was eight, eight or maybe I can't remember anyways, not great podcasting, but let's talk a little bit about his, his returning production uh, ranking what it's based off of is how good have you been where he weights the average recent performances um, in within your program how well you recruit and who you return and so if I were to ask you how high Utah ranked on a list like that based off of last year you might think 15 you might think 20 but he really has Utah ranked all the way at eighth sheesh well that that should have Utah fans pretty geeked, honestly. If, if that comes to fruition, that means, and obviously I think many of us understand how much Utah is returning this fall, but that's pretty high praise coming from a guy like Bill C. He is a guy who, and he's he's admitted this many times. I've heard multiple podcasts with him. He's actually been on the radio show that I produced with DJ and PK in the past, and he says that he goes by the numbers. That is what he is beholden to is the numbers. So if he believes Utah is a top 10 caliber in terms of returning production program, man, I have a hard time saying that you're up in the night, Mr. ESPN Bill C. And to be fair, a lot of this is based on the fact that Utah went to the Pac-12 championship, came sure. two years previous to 2020, but is also coming off of their two best recruiting seasons. And so the combination of those two makes them a fairly logical pick. Now we do need to talk a little bit about the programs that are ahead of Utah, specifically ones in the PAC 12, number two on the list overall UCLA there. Number five overall on the list, Washington state, Mm -hmm. number seven, Oregon state. And right behind Utah at number nine is Oregon. So what this is measuring is not necessarily a projection of which team is going to be the best overall in the country, but the amount of production returning. And so if you, depending on how you view those things. And I view UCLA as a program that has improved year to year. And I think this is going to be a very uh, contender worthy program going into the 2021 season. There is a lot of returning production in the PAC 12 for 2021 and combine that with a new PAC 12 commissioner. And it could be a legitimate breakout year, not only for the university of Utah, but for the PAC 12 as a whole. Yeah, and that 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 right there, I think, is is the key to all of this. Is obviously, you're you're looking at. I think USC is going to be one of the top dogs this year. Oregon always traditionally is a, a program who's highly rated. The fun part about this is, Brian, every year, Utah, for some reason, there are people out there who say, you know what, they can't recreate this year in and year out. But you know what Kyle Whittingham continues to do? They recreate it year in and year out, and they just go out and take care of business. And that's the fun part. Yeah, the the trust the process mantra has has proven them to be incredibly successful, and it's also led to a lot of guys getting acknowledgement and recognition that are well deserved. One of those is Devin Lloyd, and and we have talked a little bit here on the podcast previously about what his projection is going forward. I was very um, 
uh, let's say aggressive in, in stating that I felt like if he d- declared for the draft this year, that he would be a mid to lower round guy. Whereas if he came back next year, he would have that buzz and that hype surrounding him to where he could be a second or even a first day draft pick. And lo and behold, there are others out there who be- who agree with us, Jake. Can you imagine? Shocking, but they do. That's the nice part about it. And it's re- reputable sources like RJ Young, mm-hmm. right? You know, writer for Fox College Football's Fox Sports College Football. He has a list of the top ten defensive breakout candidates, and smack dab right there in the middle of the list is Devin Lloyd at number five. Devin Lloyd. I was a little bit surprised he decided to come back, to be honest with you, Brian. I thought that he would pursue his dreams in the NFL, but Utah is really, really glad that they have him back this fall. He is going to be the unquestioned leader of that defense, a defense that comes back pretty much intact and had a fantastic finish to the season, I thought, for the most part, and they should only get better with more seasoning now with a full offseason to work together to kind of get more of the playbook under their belts. I, I'm really looking forward to Devin Lloyd. I think he could be Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, and I, I, and I mean that sincerely. I agree with you 100%, and what's great about this season is he's not going to have to be the guy covering for everybody else, right? He's got reputable starters coming in to play next to him. He's got a four-star uh, elite level, level talent in Ethan Calvert that can come step in and play next to him. If, if we do find out that Sione Futu uh, has transferred um, and, and the best part about it is, is it's the surrounding units on this football team that are going to be up to his standard. Uh, I was told at the start of the season that based on his practice alone, the staff was very worried about him going ahead, going to declare to the NFL because he was doing so much and we saw at the start of the year, he had to really focus in on making sure that guys were in the right places, that guys were making plays. We saw Utah's defense struggle to make tackles and, mm-hmm. and do the basics that they have been so good at year after year against USC in the first game. But by the end of the season, that defense looked incredible. And, and yeah. I wish I had a better term for it, but they looked like the kind of defense that Utah has has propped up as being one of the best ever, but has now become just the the regular year in year out defense, and and they have some incredible talent coming back. He's going to have uh, one of the highest rated quarter cornerbacks in Clark Phillips on one side, mm-hmm. JT Broughton on the other, both of which who who really showed some progress. He'll have some good looking safeties behind him and Vontae Davis and a hopefully healthy R.J. Hubert finally who will be stepping in now that Nate Ritchie is departing upon his LDS mission. And so all that, I think, leads to him being able to stand out and become the defensive star like Johnny Paul was years previous and, and gives him the opportunity to be the playmaker rather than having to cover for everything else. All Utah does is they reload on defense. That's all they do, and that's the fun part about it. It's incredible in, in this in this day and age where defense has become sort of the forgotten side of the football and everybody's focused on improving their offense. Utah has continued to be dominant on defense while doing the same. And it's a credit to Kyle Whittingham for sticking to what he knows works, but it's also a credit to him for wanting to evolve with the modernism of the game and adapting their defense and changing schemes and, and being more flexible. And I think what it's done is it's allowed – this reputation to build to the point now where if you're going to Utah and you're a standout player, there's a reason for it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brian, uh, let's wrap things up here. Any uh, final thoughts from you as we go out the door here on a Tuesday? Jake, it's, it's a great Tuesday for some tacos. It is Taco Tuesday. Get out there, uh, Del Taco, Taco Bell, your local taqueria stand, whatever you go get your tacos. I, I cannot endorse that enough. But thanks again for joining us each and every day, everybody. Make sure to follow, rate, review the show. We love your guys' support of the podcast. We've had a fantastic run here over the first couple of months we've been doing it and looking forward to many, many more. Until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for February 2nd, 2021. And we will talk to you guys manana. 